Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What is up, everyone, and welcome to episode 71 of Subjectively Speaking. Nick Foligno around, anyone? My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura... I'm going to let you do the honors. In fact, we planned how we were going to do this right before we started recording, <laughs> all of which included me introducing her. Um, but I'm going to make you do it because that feels more appropriate as as we will learn in her hockey story. But I want you to introduce our very special guest today. Absolutely. This is someone that if you listen to the show regularly, you are familiar with her because I tell a lot of stories that she probably doesn't know that I tell on the podcast. But it's okay. She'll be fine. Um, so <laughs> we are very excited to welcome for the first time my hockey child, uh, Megan, to the show. Hi, Megan. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I always love when you call me your hockey child. <laughs> it's better than me wanting to call you Madame that bitch at the beginning of the show. So, um, Is it? I, I don't know. We could, we could have that conversation. That's where we could start the show. Um, let us know on Twitter, everyone. Uh, would you like us to refer to Megan for future reference as Laura's Hockey Child or B, Madame That Bitch? Um, how are y'all doing? I'm so glad to be in this space with you, too. Like, I, I kind of miss, like, just having, like, someone tag along with us for an episode. It's been a minute since our friend Steven's been on, and I just this feels like home again. I am very excited to be here. I was invited here uh, your last episode, but I was talking to my mother at the time, um, which was also great, but also just like not a podcast. <laughs> we normalize mom shout outs on the podcast, so mm-hmm. I'm yes. all about it. Yeah, but it's uh, it's fun. I remember when... Laura was first telling me that you guys were going to do a podcast and like I've watched you guys kind of grow and now you're on episode 71 and you've got like people that are recognizing you and stuff. It's all, it's all very cool. Wait, no, you can't make us cry on our podcast. Shame. <laughs> I know Megan bringing up our bitch can. <laughs> the people who I was so nervous that when I met them, I don't remember what their names are. So shout out to those people. Um, yeah, yeah make, you guys are like friends with Mike Todd. Like what? Yes, we are. We are friends with Mike Todd. We adore him. Um, but yeah, Megan's been around, uh, well, for a couple of years in hockey, but for longer than that um, in our lives. Uh, but she's known about this little venture of ours <laughs> from the beginning. So Megan, tell the audience a little bit about your hockey journey and your fandom uh so that they can know a little bit about uh why you are a fan of the blue jackets sure um it was a october day 2019 let me set the scene for you it was october 7th 2019 um i'm not usually good with dates just so that everyone knows but do very clearly remember my first Blue Jackets game. Um, I knew nothing about hockey except that my boss at the time, uh, that was Laura, uh, had become quickly obsessed with it. 
she was like, I want to take you to a game. I want to take you to a game. I was like, okay, like, take me, take me to a game. And then it happened. obnoxious, so. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I was like, just take me, just take me. Like, stop saying that you want to take me and take me. And it happened on October 7, 2019. We were sitting um, on the attack one side, pretty close in the lower bowl. Um, And I'm not like a huge sports person. So I was like, you know, this will be fun. I'm a big theater person. So I was like, you know, it's the experience of like being there and everything's great. I don't know what happened to me. I like walked into that arena and something has like, fog in my mind just like cleared and I was like oh yeah girl you're gonna spend money on this <laughs> which uh <laughs> which I have <laughs> um oh that's good <laughs> but uh yeah we played the Buffalo Sabres and um I'm from Syracuse so I was uh playing around with Laura a bit and I was like I'm not gonna go for the Blue Jackets like I'm gonna go for the New York team that's not like one of the New York City teams. I was like, Buffalo. Just kidding, though. I was obviously going to root for the Blue Jackets. Um, but I remember looking through the roster on my phone because I was like, I have to have a person to root for if I'm like going to get into this. I was like, there has to be at least one person that like I know their number and I can watch. So I was like, who is going to be my favorite? And I thought it was going to be Nick Felino at first because he was born in New York. Buffalo. But then the Hail Mary came when I saw that Pierre Luc Dubois was the only one on the roster at the time that was born in 1998. 98 is what I always say when people ask me why Dubois is my favorite. Um, so I chose him. Laura got a great picture of him doing a face off facing us. Great shot of his butt and his huge hockey pants. <laughs> I'm, I'm super those are where my photography skills really shine is hockey yeah, butt yeah. players or hockey butt pictures <laughs> yeah and like I didn't really know fully what was going on but I felt something overcome my body and suddenly I was just like a hockey fan <laughs> and it was a bit of a stressful game uh Laura I don't know if you remember but uh we went into overtime uh, we ended up winning 4-3. Tex got the game-winning goal, which was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, from that moment on, it was kind of just like, I was the Blue Jackets fan, and I did. I sunk a lot of money into going to games. And like, student rush tickets, they're a great, great deal. But it's also like, I went so often. Like, <laughs> so often. Because, like, another part of my personality is, like, I can't get into things just, like, sort of. I, like, devote myself to something. So I was, like, if I'm going to be a hockey fan, like, I'm going to be a hockey fan. And, like, my parents were, like, you're into hockey? And I was, like, "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm into hockey. And my roommate, Morgan, when I got home from that game was, like, there was something in your eyes that night. Like, I could just tell that something had changed. So yeah, that's my, um, my little bit of hockey story. I know that it mentions Dubois, but like, he was my 98 boy. <laughs> it's all right. I've forgiven him. There's a whole episode about it. So <laughs> I'm going to be honest. You've warned me about the episodes in which you talk about PL and I mm-hmm. haven't listened to those because I just like, I can't. 
I can't do it. Even I mean, when I, you were like, I forgave him in this episode, I was like, I can't. It's too much. <laughs> Understandable. I mean, you did unfortunately have to experience heartbreak very early on in your uh, hockey fandom. So, like, that that's a rough go of things. But he you did, know, you know, well. I'm still here. So, like, it means that I care about hockey outside of having a favorite player, which I think is important to note. A win for both of you, quite honestly, because I still think Laura doesn't listen to any of the episodes that we've talked about Cam Atkinson on. So um, that's a big win. But I need, I, Megan, I need you to go into like storytelling because that was so good. Um, wow. Yeah. I wish collectively we knew how much money the three of us have spent on um, this team that wears Union Blue and Red. No? Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, 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 we won't do that then. Um, but we'll no, I once, I once tried to calculate the amount of money that I, in a previous life, I used to like photograph bands, people out in, in the universe, and I used to, I once tried to calculate how much money I spent on concert tickets, and it was alarming, and I had to stop because I started having like a financial panic attack. So we cannot talk about hockey money. <laughs> I have a bad feeling your hockey money might be more than your concert money. Oh, yeah, because I don't think I can go see the Blue Jackets well in preseason. I don't think I can go see the Blue Jackets in a skeezy bar for $5 at the door. So, like... Uh, you might see the Blue Jackets at a skeezy bar. You might. <laughs> <laughs> Just maybe not in the way that you watch them maybe normally. not playing hockey, but... This is fair. Yeah, and it's like you spend the money on tickets, but also, like, the swag. Like, we just have great mm-hmm. swag. And I just, you know, I've been trying to think of what I want my next jersey to be, you know, because I got a Dubois one and then I got it signed. And my brother immediately texted me and he was like, don't ever wear that jersey. He's like, it takes one dude with a beer to ruin that jersey. So it's just like in my closet. And sometimes I'll just like go and look at it and be like, remember when things used to be great, when things were sunny and life was good. But yeah, so just sinking money into jerseys and sweatshirts and all that jazz too. As one does. And I appreciate I appreciate the sentiment. I need you to pick somebody. This is the curse, right? Like you can't buy a jersey. Like it's like doomed from that moment on. Like I have an Oliver Bjorkstrand jersey that Laura and Pashi got me um, for Christmas or no, my birthday one year. And I am scared of it. Like, I'm scared of it. I'm horrified of it. And the fact that it exists um, makes me nervous. Um, I will say another thing that I was nervous about. (laughs) Hi, I bought a Cam Atkinson jersey and then he got traded. So, like. (laughs) And now you can buy it for $27 on the Blue Jackets fan site. Um, Anywho, uh, (laughs) the thing that I think we were nervous about was the game that we all attended on Monday. Um, which was the Blue Jackets and the Dallas Stars. I think for a good reason, I think obviously things were not super kosher on a Saturday, the game that you two went to, the game that got you to my first star in our last episode on Monday. And so a little nervous going into this one. Um, Adam Boquist is out in this one. And so Gabriel Carlson draws in. Um, Dean Kukin, who we'll talk about in a little bit, unfortunately. <laughs> um, he draws in for Scott Harrington, otherwise known as, on this podcast, The Boy Who Lived, who continues to live because 
Dean Cookin's going to be out of the lineup and that, uh, well, Scott Harrington's probably going to be back, but, um, but yeah, uh, we didn't really have much to be nervous about in that one. That one was pretty, pretty good. Yeah, no, it was, um, definitely a much different game than what Megan and I experienced on Saturday. Um, just in puck possession alone, because I think Megan will agree with me <laughs> that there was zero puck possession on Saturday during Saturday's game. Um, but it was also just like a different energy almost immediately, whether that was like shame-based because they were like, we really fucked this up on Saturday. Like, we need to not do that. Um or whatnot, but like they started out pretty, like pretty solidly. And, you know, some people that hadn't scored in a couple of games got on the board. Um, Gregory Hoffman got his first ever goal in the NHL. He's now the oldest person to get his first NHL goal. Um, he was like 27 and 346 days old for the Blue Jackets. Uh, yeah. No, it was like no, it's for the Blue Jackets because the previous guy was like from 2002. I forget what his name was. It was like, yes, I don't know, I don't know what his name was. I'm gonna trust you, I guess. But the NHL post was like for the NHL, not for us. Got it, got it. <laughs> so, um, but so that was exciting. Cole Sillinger almost got a goal. That was really dramatic. Almost got in a fight. He did almost get in a fight. (laughs) Kind of. He got punished for a fight, but he didn't really get into a fight. So, He did. He immediately walked down the tunnel after that almost fight, and I was like, did they just, like, kick him out of this game for that tiny little scrap? They didn't. No. And Lars was also very confused. Like, why? Like, the other guy hit him. He hit back. You're now punishing him. Cool, I guess. Um, But we all know refs don't usually lean on the side of the blue jackets. (laughs) So... I just thought it was interesting that, like, Brad Larson did the whole, like, John Tortorella thing where it's like... That's the explanation I got. So that's what I'm going to say. And I'm not going to talk about it anymore. So I will say that I think kind of a tangent that Brad Larson has very much done a good job at channeling his inner John Tortorella in press conferences. Not like quite as short, but like definitely like kind of, yeah, he kind of digs a little bit like um, at some of the questions that he gets. I love that energy. I also love, I'm giving Cole that fight. Like, I'm also just giving Cole that fight in, like, my brain. Like, I'm also going to give him the goal. It definitely didn't, like, I know we talked about it a little bit. I just definitely don't think it was a goal. Like, Laura and I were sitting next to each other, and I was like, "Ah, everybody's pissed. Everybody's really upset. (laughs) I don't think that crossed the line. And I was like, I get it. I understand. But also. (laughs) It needed, like, a centimeter. It was so, I mean, and you can't see the definition of things like from the jumbo screen. And so like from our perspective, like if you look just at the image that they were showing us, yes, it looks like it was just over the line. Um, 
but you know, it is what it is. It was funny that the Blue Jackets didn't take the tweet down though. Like they left the tweet up that Cole got the goal. And I was like, I mean, flex, okay, but like still didn't happen. So, you know, it's fine. Um, but yeah, it was just like an exciting game. Like, even though I have not been thrilled with his performance as of late, Alexander Texier did get the fourth and final goal of the game. Um in the empty net. Yeah, okay. But like he can aim. So like we'll take that as a positive. Um Jeremy and I both did talk about how great it would have been if Elvis would have gotten a goal cuz he Elvis just again. I mean, slow clap, yeah. Slow clap for sure. So close to a shutout. So close. Is it is it too close to go to Jeremy's analytic corner? No, soon? you can go to your analytic corner. <laughs> as 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 you all have learned over the course of the last week or so, because I've really let it start to spill out um, how much I enjoy hockey analytics. This was a game that the Blue Jackets should not have won based based on analytics, right? And I think, like, in a lot of ways, that was clear in some instances, like where I don't know, three pucks hit the hit the post in the start of the first period. Um, you know, obviously, like, the second period, especially toward the end of the game, um, was, you know, or toward the end of the period, excuse me, was, like, extra shaky. But Dallas's expected goals for that game were 4.15. They were expected to score 4.15 goals, which means that Elvis saved 3.15 goals above average, which means that he, <laughs> like kept the blue jackets in that game the blue jackets were expected to score 3.77 essentially right like they do that um and this team looked really good together the line that played together the most of course because why wouldn't it be um was the oh gosh it's not letting the uh, robinson crowley texier line <laughs> like naturally um next was the nyquist cylinder and janakov line but um yeah just an outstanding game from elvis yeah, and naturally that uh, the Corrali Robinson Texier line played the most, and the whole time it just kept being like, just kind of feel bad for Robinson Corrali. Texier is going through something, and I wish for them to not have to go through it with him. <laughs> I mean, like Robbie, he's struggling a bit too. They're, they're all like they're both. So maybe trouble. I just feel bad for Corrali. <laughs> yeah. I will say, and we've talked about it too, like, I, that's a role that he's assuming, right? Like, and I get it, like, um, but he's looked good. Like, he gets his first uh, point with the team, you know, a little bit better than the goal he scored on on Elvis the other night um, in the game against the Islanders. But, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so a good moment for him, at least, to get that goal. That was a good goal, like, finding Zach in the, like, literally in the paint. Um, and putting that one away. So good game by him. I think obviously like good game by a lot of different players. It was nice to see some people step up. Um, you know, I was, there were moments where I was pretty okay with Gabriel Carlson's game, um, which was good. Uh, nobody stuck out like a sore thumb and, and that's a plus, especially when you're throwing guys in the lineup for the first time this season. 
Sorry, I lost my mute button again. Um, right, yeah, take a no. shot at everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry. My mouse drifted. I was looking at the game stats so I could contribute to this conversation. Um, but no, yeah, it was a much more like cohesive feeling. Everyone was involved sort of situation. Um, I think that they definitely got a little bit of a boost when the Dallas coach called the timeout in the second period to yell at his team for fucking everything up. Have you all seen that video? <laughs> Have you seen a video of like the dubbed over, like lip lipped over? Like <laughs> it's so good. I'll post it in the description of this episode if y'all haven't seen it yet, but it is really good. And I actually think it's kind of spot on. I know it's usually like those are jokes, but that felt pretty real. It did. It did. Um, and I think that that gave our guys a bit of a boost. Like, their coach is so mad that we're playing better than them. So, you know. And, of course, Jeremy had to make fun of me because Tyler Sagan's on my fantasy team and he gets the singular goal for the Stars. Um, I can't help it. I'm sorry. I'm not convinced that actually didn't hurt you, though, because I feel like you get more points for a shutout. And I feel like then like a goal scored. So I feel like Tyler Sagan actually took away from the amount of points that you're going to get by scoring. He did. And I choose Elvis over everyone. So I was upset. I would have preferred. What'd you say, Megan? All of Columbus chooses Elvis over everyone. He's like our golden boy. He is. One day there will be a statue somewhere (laughs) of just Elvis. Doing weird Elvis stuff because he is kind of quirky outside of It's like him doing the sheesh. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, it's so bad. How about, like, the video of, like, the behind the scenes where he's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> oh, my God. It's so good. I can't wait for the behind. Has the behind the battle come out yet? We're recording this on Wednesday night. I need it to come out soon because I need to watch that so bad. You wanted to come out so you can watch me having a complete other emotional breakdown as they discussed every short conversation they had about shipping Cam away from this team. No, I'm actually really invested in the media day portion of it because that seems like it's going to be really funny. So that's like actually like where my heart is. Just few conversations and off he went. But whatever, it's fine. He clicked his heels and he was in Philadelphia. And we're not talking, this is not about Cam. This is about our game and our team and talking to Megan about her experience. It's always about Cam. I don't mind talking about Cam. It's not always about (laughs) Cam. I like how Megan chooses Violet. She's like, let's talk about him. Let's talk about Cam. Let's talk. Oh, God, I love that Megan plays into both of our, like, little ways to get at each other, like, exactly the right amount. It's, like, so good. Um, Yeah, so I think, um, well, obviously, I think we're going to talk about the person who is our least star of of this game um, here in just a moment. But I want to give everybody a chance to talk about their three stars so megan i don't know if you did your homework i'm like feeling like a really shitty um co-host a really shitty producer of this podcast to not have given you the assignment um and so if you don't want to chime in that's okay but if you do girl i'll allow it because we're going to talk about our three stars uh we'll go around uh 
we only got one game to deal with, so we're talking about our three stars from Monday's game, um, a 4-1 win over the Dallas Stars. So uh, I always let Laura go first, so that way um, any like fun idea that I had and she takes it because we have one brain, uh, she can she can have, and it hurts me. So go ahead, Laura. Ruin my night. Okay, fine. I will go ahead. Um, so my third star of the Dallas game is Gregory Hoffman. Super pumped for him. Um, Jeremy did send me a corrective tweet saying that I was wrong and it was the oldest blue jacket. Love you, girl. But whatever. I still think if you look at averages, he's probably one of the older people to enter the NHL. The oldest was Let's not 30. I don't care. It was 38. I looked like, <laughs> I was like, Jesus, what's that story? He was drafted at 37, which can't happen now. This was like way long ago, but like, yeah, 38 years old. I, I don't remember his name. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Wow. Okay. But anyway, Gregory Hoffman, um, he has been waiting the majority of his life to come and play in the NHL. Um, he played for many years in the Swiss league did really well, scored lots of goals over there. Um, and to finally come over here, get his opportunity. Um, yeah. And he's such just like a genuine guy. Like if you watch him in interviews, he like really loves the game. He's sending his uh, puck back uh, to where is Gregory from? Sweden. Switzerland. He's Swedish. I think it, oh, is oh, it he's Swedish? Swedish. No, it's Swiss. Switzerland. He's from somewhere that starts with SW, girl. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, his dad has like a memorabilia room of everything that he's accomplished. And so this puck is going back to his dad to be displayed in that room, which I just think is very sweet. Um, and I'm sure that will not be the last. It's Switzerland. Thank you. Appreciate you. Um, and this will not be the last that we see of Gregory Hoffman scoring goals. I think he's very ready to hear that cannon go off uh, for him. Um, and then my second star is Zakharonsky because that freaking goal was just so beautiful. Um, and just so out of nowhere, like just watching it, it was almost like, did that just happen? Because it was so timed perfectly like Holpe wasn't even like aware of Zach um and it was just a very Zach Rinsky type situation and it's nice to see him start back to doing those things um and then again my number one star he's gonna get it a lot probably this season but I have to give it to Elvis because not only did he play his ass off, but he was so close to a shutout. Um, and we'll talk more about why he is just the epitome of what you should be as a player in this league in a little bit. But yeah, it just it just goes to Elvis. Yeah, I I mean, like I think your three are pretty pretty spot on, right? Um, I think for me, uh my number i'm going to i'm going to leave Elvis out because he's just my proverbial number 1 star until he loses a game or lets up more than one goal in a, in a game um so just he's my presumptive number 1 always uh but for the sake of this and for the sake of trying to be a little different um 
I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Zach Wierenski as my third star. Similar reasons as Laura. Um, Oliver Bjorkstrand doesn't know how to score only one point in a game. He just doesn't. He scored in three games this year, um, all of which are multi-point games. Uh, it's gone 4-3-2, uh, so he has nine points on the year. Uh, so maybe the next one. The pattern tells us that the next one he is going to score one point. Um, and so, you know, he just – its he's so good. Like, he's just so deceptively good. Uh, he doesn't make a lot of noise, but when he does, like, you hear it, right? <laughs> like – uh, and then finally, my number one star, I'm going to give it to Gregory Hoffman. I I was so impressed with the way that he filled that role, um, you know, taking top six minutes, um, having a goal and an assist in that game. He looked really good. Um, and I really hope that as he continues to adjust to a small ice game, he's just going to keep looking better and better and better. And I, <laughs> this team is going to have a choice to make when it comes around to um, Max Domi getting healthy because – uh, we we talked about him a little bit earlier, but like the only person who really has been worthy of like maybe losing a roster spot has been Alexander Texier. And I just do woof. And, and now that you have Gregory Hoffman playing top six minutes, forget about it. Like, I don't know what you do. So uh, those are my three. Yeah. You didn't officially tell me to prep my three, but I'm a good prepper. So I have them anyway. Um, very similar to uh, you two. I would say that my third star is Oliver Bjorkstrand. Um, he's one of my favorites, so I also just love watching him on the ice, and I feel like Monday Monday night was a really great great game for him. Um, the 4-3-2, you know, one part, it's fine if he wants to score more than one point, you know, like it'd be cool so he could have 4-3-2-1, but like he can keep going. Like I love it. Um, my second star would probably Elvis um I think it was a bit of a bummer for everyone when that goal went in um kind of in the the waning minutes of of the end of the game um especially because like Dallas didn't even really celebrate because they knew that they couldn't win so it was just like a weird situation for both teams um but obviously put out an amazing performance um and then my number one would also be Hoffman I think it's also because of like the emotional side of it, like hearing him talk after the game um, when he was saying that like he really wanted to have a moment with Elvis because they used to play together. And then he was like, I went through the bench and almost forgot because I was just so excited to go say hi to Elvis. And I was like, that's just like in that moment, I can't imagine what what that must feel like, especially um, as you guys have mentioned as an older uh, Blue Jacket kind of scoring for his first NHL game. I I just think that that was an amazing moment. I'm so happy that I was there for that. Yeah, it it was, and and I think we have a lot to look forward to in terms of Gregory Hoffman scoring goals for the Columbus Blue Jackets in in the future. But the one thing that we definitely have to look forward to, maybe not us. I don't know if you two are NFL fans. But I know that I'm an NFL fan. I'm hungry for a big win this week. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has us covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. 
If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 20 or older New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers, only minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook. For details, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Me saving that number in my phone because we all know I have a little bit of a problem. I need you all to know the anxiety that I feel whenever I'm unmuted knowing that I have a Papa John's pizza on the way. And knowing oh, that, that I could... That would have made for some fun content. I knew it. That, like... Be like, hold on, sir. Reading a DraftKings ad. Correct. Well, I, was yeah, like, but- I was like, should I like woohoo like after the ad? But then you ended it with like one eight hundred gambler or whatever, and I was like, don't, don't woohoo that. That's that's absurd. Yeah, we got to be careful not to woohoo addiction on the podcast, right? <laughs> like, although me very much admitting that I have have said gambling addiction, um, but uh, kind of like on a more serious note, and I don't think any of us really want to spend too much time on this because like it's been talked about. Um, I think we all feel very passionately and, um, and and I think we're talking to the wrong people in terms of like channeling our anger. And so we don't want that to come across to you all as our listeners. Um, But um, you know, after at the conclusion of the the game on Monday uh, reports, uh, I think it was broke by Aaron Portsline, but um, you know, in the post-game uh, interview, Elvis uh, Merzlikens, um details being accosted by a Dallas Stars fan um, and uh, being mocked. I'm not even going like, to give light of day to like what was said um, because it's pretty disgusting. And if and if you've seen it, like you know. And if not, like it's really not worth your time. Um, but I think that makes this whole thing even more important, right? And like I think that goes back to like the karma element. I remember sitting in our seats um during the first period and within two or three minutes of 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 each other you know post dallas post dallas post dallas and i know it sounds silly like i uh, but but the way in which i believe in hockey gods and the way in which i believe in karma um that when when you put negative energy like that into the universe when you're just such a miserable soul and you and you do things like that and you say things like that to people um and you're totally oblivious to the idea of um you're totally oblivious to the idea um, of empathy. Uh, it's just hard to ignore. Like that, I think there was some karma, there was some hockey god, and there was some spirituality associated with that. And so, uh, I think anything that anybody's feeling is totally valid. Like the anger, like I'm so pissed about it that I can't even see straight. Like I'm still mad about it as I'm talking about it, so I'm getting flustered. But um, obviously, like the floor to you two, like um, just in talking about this event. I think, like you said, it's not important to hash out exactly what this person said to Elvis um, or to any of the other Blue Jackets that would have heard him as they were coming out of the tunnel. But, and I expressed it on our social media that there's so much more that people like, it baffles me sometimes how people don't understand that like professional athletes are humans. And there's so much more to 
to life than this game in this situation. We're still living, we're year two into a global pandemic. We are lucky enough that we are even able to watch hockey and then to let alone try and mock a t- an opposing team by bringing up this incredibly terrible tragedy um, is absolutely absurd. Like a young man lost his life um, and it had a huge ripple effect. A huge ripple effect. Um, and I think that this is a really excellent example of Elvis being a consummate professional and also a just incredible human being that he did not climb the bleachers um, to find this person and instead turned that emotion into playing just to the best of his ability and looking to karma and looking to the spirit of his best friend and little brother to, you know, he's, he has now said like, I believe in karma. There's a lot of stupid people out in the world. And those three posts were, you know, in, in his beliefs and in, in how I feel too, was Kivy being there for him. And, you know, it's just, it's just such a terrible situation and it's such a terrible, like, it's just so beyond trash talk or so beyond chirping. Like, it's just ridiculous and completely uncalled for. Um, and yes, the, it has been reported that nationwide arena staff as well as staff for the team are trying to have this person identified but that doesn't mean that we need to keep sharing this soundbite of what is said to Elvis. Like it is not helpful. Um, and it's just giving too much credit to this person. Um, I do hope they identify him and I do hope they give him a lifelong ban from our arena. Obviously we can't do anything about, um, what the Dallas stars do, but we have, we ourselves have heard from, many, many, many Dallas Stars fans that this is not a representation of who they are as a, a fan community. And we know that, you know, there's always one bad apple in the bunch and that does not define their fan base. But uh, those kind of people are not welcome in Nationwide Arena. Like, sorry, not sorry. But so, yeah, Megan, do you have any? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you guys have both already said it, but I think, I don't want to say it's impressive how Elvis handled himself, because I feel like that's not the right word, but when you're coming out of that tunnel, you know, I can only imagine your adrenaline's already spiked, right? Like, you're already feeling a bunch of emotions, you hear the Blue Jackets fans yelling, like, there's just so much going on. I can't imagine having a comment that kind of totally deflates that feeling and having to go out and and start the game um and do as well as he did like I think that's such a testament to how strong Elvis is kind of like emotionally and mentally like he's had he's had a big year like in a lot of different ways um so yeah it's a huge huge bummer again that one person is such a small percentage 
of what hockey fans are like, but that one percentage still has a voice like that, that they can still use. So I think it's important that, you know, we kind of talk about it still. Um, obviously that comment um, kind of takes the cake for just being the worst, but I think like some of the heckling in general as well can be a lot. Um, so yeah, I mean, Elvis, you know, we love him because he's a good hockey player, but he just continues to show us too. Um, that he's he's a good a good human a good human all around um, and yeah it was nice to hear him talk about like karma and stuff I was praying to the hockey gods for a good game for like a different reason that day but I think it was it was cool to kind of see it align that that the hockey gods and karma and all of this stuff kind of aligned um, in a great way for for the Blue Jackets and for Elvis and he loves Columbus so much too which is just so sweet and so nice to have someone that that really adores the city that I'm glad that he could bring it home for us and we could kind of celebrate him. Well, and I think it speaks to you to finding all of this out after the game. It makes Gregory Hoffman's goal even more special because he and Elvis are, you know, they played together um, over in Switzerland and they are very close. Elvis has been helping him adjust to Columbus, like including, I believe Gregory and his, wife lived with Elvis and Alex for a time when they first came over. Um, you know, so that's really important too to see that sort of play out and to have Elvis have that moment with, you know, not that he's not close with all of his teammates, but like particularly someone that he is extra close with. Um, and, you know, just the way he, he handled it in the media, like he continues to be, such a stand-up professional and um you know he really is I think going to be this like incredible force this year and everything points to him having um this really really incredible year this year and hopefully we I mean we're we're not going to be able to stop situations like this but I think it's a call to action too to other fans I mean you know, the Blue Jackets community erupted when Aaron Portsline reported this situation. And, you know, obviously we're in an incredibly passionate uh, fan group, but it's like also take a look back and think about some of the things maybe that you've heard yelled in the arena that you've heard someone say. Um, I know we've definitely heard things Um and it's just a call to action to do better. Like, there's no reason to make things personal. There's no reason to try and play off of, you know, someone's personal tragedy or anything of that nature. Because there is so much coming out now um, that is really bad, really bad things. And none of that should ever be used in the form of chirping or taunting or any of that because these are things that are so much bigger than hockey and are really really big things that need to be changed within this league and within we are not alone we are there are so many systemic issues within professional sports um and they do not deserve to be you know, swindled down into tiny things that you yell at a player as they come on or off the ice. So hopefully our listeners, uh, fans of the Blue Jackets can take this 
as an opportunity to, um, to just do better and check yourself before you shout things. I know Jeremy makes fun of me sometimes because I say like really sort of mundane things out loud um, at games, <laughs> but they just make the most sense. Like rebounds are important and stuff like that. So there are things that you can still say if you are having feelings. <laughs> yeah. And I think I'm just, I'm just going to name what you were talking about. Um, so we can talk about this too. Um, in terms of like other bad things in the NHL and just in like professional sports coming out. And that's, um, that's the story of the Chicago Blackhawks. And look, like I'm, you know, I try not to get too, too emotional on our show. Like I obviously like for anybody who's like familiar with me as a hockey fan, is like familiar with like what I've talked about in the past and like what I've tried to do in the past. Um, and just talking about the way that like society and sports like interchange and how we like need to use these moments as teaching moments. Like um, I, this, this idea of, of there still being people in the NHL right now that are currently employed and that currently are able to say that they have a job in the highest professional uh, hockey league in the world um, is absolutely fucking disgusting. Like I, I don't have time for it. Like I don't have any time for it. There's no person in this entire league that had any affiliation with the Chicago Blackhawks that had any idea of what was happening within the Chicago Blackhawks organization that should be employed. And that goes all the way up to the top to Gary Bettman. It goes all the way down to anybody who is a part of that organization that knew something and didn't say something. Um, And I, I mean, like it's not dramatic to say and to call for the jobs of these people. Like, I don't think it is. And I think, I think that's a pretty prevailing thought right now. And, and, in in sports and in the hockey world and and for gary bettman to i the way that gary bettman has fumbled the ball on this the entire time like the entire time when this first came out um around the time of i believe this first came out around the stanley cup final when gary bettman and the league does their whole like um you know state of the of the league uh, press conference prior to the start of the of the final round and for the the brazenness of him at that press conference and we we might have talked about i don't know if on the show but definitely off air of uh, of how he addressed questions about the chicago situation and how he played it down um to then you know follow it up this week by saying that oh, we'll have conversations with people like joel quenville and kevin shovel day off about their involvement and whether or not they deserve to have a job I don't want the person who really doesn't deserve a fucking job to be the one hosting those conversations. doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and I, to, to Laura's point, like it's just a matter of like doing better, but it's also like at a point, right. Where it's like, I'm glad to see a lot of opposition or a lot of like pushback and a lot of challenging to the status quo in the situation. But like, this is, this is not hockey culture is, is one that I think we all can agree has, has toxicity in it. And it's one that like when, bad things are happening like we don't talk about it and that's why we needed to talk about it on shows like this and like as fans because if we don't then who who's going to it's not going to be gary bettman it's not going to be bill daly it's not going to be the people who are in these front offices who would much rather brush something under the rug uh because you know they want to make a successful stanley cup run um whether than look out for the wellness and safety of players and in turn interns who are then also assaulted because you didn't fucking do anything it's sick it's just so 
so fucking sick. And if you haven't read, um, if you haven't read the report, I know that they're, um, for those, her last name is escaping me and I really need to look it up. Um, her first name is Elaine. Um, she writes, uh, for the AHL specifically like the Griffins, the, the monsters she's in the process of, and I don't know if she has at this point releasing a redacted, um, copy of, um, of the Jenner and block, um, findings that redacts any uh, mention of potentially triggering um, language or situations. And so it's accessible to, to more folks. And I would highly recommend reading it because it's, it's one of the things that you need to know about. Um, you may not know, need to know what happened, especially if you need to do that for your own safety and your own health, but you need to know how the NHL fucked this one up and you need to know how the Blackhawks did as well, because it's, it's pretty gross. Yeah, I mean, everything you just said is, I think Megan and I can both agree that what this organization chose to do is absolutely deplorable. Um, The fact that there is several articles of evidence and conversations that occurred where they literally chose the health and safety and life of a person. Um, They chose Stanley Cup playoff run over that, that that was far too important for them to deal with this very, very, very serious situation. Um, It did come out today by his own choosing that Kyle Beach is the former player of the Chicago Blackhawks that is John Doe number one in this case. Um, I have only been able to watch the first few minutes of his interview because as a survivor of certain things and as someone who has helped to counsel students that she loves through circumstances like this, both male and female, um, it is very hard for me to hear his story um, in his own words. Um, But if you need to understand how the gravity of the Chicago Blackhawks front office actions destroyed this man's life, If you don't get that, then you need to watch this interview Um, because they left him out to dry. They allowed him to continuously be abused. They allowed another intern to be abused. They let that man hold the Stanley Cup in front of his victims. And just the idea that they are considering letting some of these people who have been let go from the Blackhawks or who are from that 2010 staff ever have a job in hockey is ridiculous. Um, And if it were up to me, Kyle Beach should sue the Chicago Blackhawks for everything they're worth. Oh yeah. And to follow up on that, um, the Blackhawks um, filed uh, a request for dismissal of, of his lawsuit uh, today um, as we're recording this on Wednesday, um, you know, after having uh, come out and said that the Chicago Blackhawks um, needed to do better for Kyle beach. Um, And so my God, what, what a disgusting franchise, a franchise that doesn't deserve any of our money. Um, And, and this is my last point on it. And then Megan, of course, feel free. Like the thing about it that also bugs me. And, and I think it's particularly because of the work that I do outside of hockey is um, 
Kyle Beach never played an NHL game. Um, and he was their first overall, or he was the Blackhawks' first round pick in two, 2003. Oh, no, no, 2008. Um, wow, that was wrong. Um, in 2008, he was the 11th overall pick. Um, never played an NHL game and had a, I mean, had success in the AHL, had success in juniors. Um, this is a player, right, that is in a situation where going against the grain, going against the status quo, it's something that we talk about when we're just talking about like social justice issues, but like specifically when you're talking about, you know, like, you know, alleged, uh, you know, acts of violence against you, like reporting that it can damage your career. That's that's the culture that we're talking about. We're talking about a culture specifically for prospects who are doing everything they can to make an NHL roster. Um, there's no doubt in my mind, knowing what I know about hockey culture, that Kyle Beach as a prospect never felt like he was in a position to be able to say something because he knew if he did, it would ruin his opportunity of being an NHLer. And, and that, to me, like the power dynamic of that, um, the idea – um of somebody being able to hold that over your head that is also just an element of this that's just so disgusting to me like that's the human element of it to me that just makes me shake uh because we see it in culture all the time but we see it very predominantly in sports the idea of like having to prove yourself um to be there like kyle beach proved himself when the chicago blackhawks drafted him 11th overall like that's when he proved himself um and for him to be put in positions where he had to feel like he had to do it in other ways is just an absolute breakdown of human decency. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to add too, too much to it just because um, you guys both spoke very, very beautifully about it. And I, I don't think that I'm the best person to kind of talk about that side of things but I think it's especially tough just because you know hockey is an escape for a lot of people it's it's a it's a passion it's something that you do to to de-stress also sometimes stress yourself but like in a good way you know it's hard to have those moments of your life kind of shrouded in this horrible news and happening um I know that it happened in Chicago, but it speaks on a higher level that it happened in the NHL in general. Um, I think it's kind of interesting to see what the fallout is going to be, not only from the Blackhawks, but kind of how everyone chooses to deal with something like this. Um, I know earlier when we were drafting people and there was also like that whole sexual assault story of someone being drafted. Um, that was not handled correctly either. Like obviously the NHL needs to do better on a lot of fronts. Um, and it makes me think about nights at the arena. Like when we have hockey is for everyone night. Like, I think it really makes you think because if players aren't feeling safe in their own team, like how is a fan supposed to feel safe as, as part of a, as part of a base, as part of an organization? Um, because they they go hand in hand, right? Like you can have a team, but you need the you need the fans behind them to really make them feel that way. Um, so yeah, it's a horrible, horrible thing to have to read about and kind of gain knowledge on. But I think it's super important as a hockey fan to kind of know about the darker side of things that are happening, um, so that you can educate yourself and other people and really just be a well-rounded uh, hockey fan. 
I couldn't agree more. Well, if nobody else has anything on the Chicago story, um, Laura, my friend, I talked a lot just now. So I'm going to throw it to you to start talking a little bit about uh, what's in store for the Blue Jackets during this spooky holiday um, this weekend. Absolutely. It is spooky season, almost coming to an end. Um, And we have our first kind of like stretch of games uh, not at home. We were very lucky to have a huge part of the first bit of the season to be at home. Um, But as we talked a little bit about um, in the last episode, um, the Columbus favorites, 21 pilots are currently taking over nationwide arena for the next few days. (laughs) So we uh, will not be playing at home. Uh, We return to the ice on Friday um, to see the New York Rangers um, for the first time this season in New York. Um, We play them at seven o'clock and then we head right on over to New Jersey for our Halloween five o'clock game against the New Jersey Devils. Um, Those are going to be interesting games. Um, The Devils are having a pretty good run of things, which I don't think people expected them to have. They have my um, frenemy arch nemesis, Dougie Hamilton, on their team now. Uh, He frustrates me endlessly, but does great things for my fantasy team. Um, so we will see, um, how that goes. And of course we see former Blue Jacket, um, Artemi Panarin on Friday. Uh, yeah, these are going to be, <laughs> and Jeremy's smiling because he thinks my mild disdain for Artemi Panarin is ridiculous. Um, but I will never get over it. So Megan, how are you feeling about these two uh, end of October games that we have coming up? Um, well, you know, I'm a New Yorker, so everything with the that has to do with New Jersey, I'm like, bleh, you know? New Jersey sucks. They're the worst. So I hope that we kick their ass. Um, and the Rangers, you know, it's interesting because I became a hockey fan right after the whole Panarin Bob situation, but a lot of the knowledge that I got from it was from Laura. So like she has this disdain and I'm like, I don't really even have a reason to be angry, but like, there's just something in the back of my brain. That's like <gasps> Panarin dude sucks. Um, so I, I just think it'll be interesting um, to, to see the Rangers. I feel like, uh, Especially because uh, there was a lot of, like, bad blood, I think, when we faced them previously. But now that we kind of lost a lot of the core team that was a part of that whole debacle, um, it's interesting to see, like, kind of how, how the emotions and stuff will be on the ice. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to both games. Yeah, I have sort of um, infected you with my uh, Artemi Panarin uh, weirdness. I, I, I'm i not going to apologize for it because I think it's helpful for you to know. Um, but it'll be interesting to see the Rangers. I don't think they play before they play us, um, but we current they are currently 4-2-1. and one. We're 4-2. and two. So it's a very similar situation that we're going into with them. Um, it's also going to be the first time that John Davidson is back in New York 
since his weird situation where he got fired and then 24 hours later was back hired by us. So <laughs> it's fun times between the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, and the New York Rangers. I will be interested to see who is going to be our goalie for that evening. Um, whether we're going to stick with Elvis, uh, whether we're going to give Corpy another go. Uh, we're also going to have some defensive changes as Dean Kukin has shattered his wrist and will be out for potentially eight weeks, um, which is a bummer because he had a pretty decent showing um, for the beginning of the season. And I know it's been a big like goal for him to keep a firm place on the on the team roster so maybe max domi can give him some of his like healing magic yes his like voodoo tom brady magic and um heal him faster um because max is already skating full team so there's potential we're gonna see max this weekend sometime I'm convinced that there's magic in Max Domi's smile if he just smiles at Dean Cook in a bunch. Like, he'll be fine. They just sit in a room together and he just smiles at him. Like, or smiles right at his wrist. Exactly. <laughs> it's unhinged. It's really unhinged. For what it's worth, my prediction is that um, Elvis is going to start against New York and uh, Corby will start against New Jersey. That's my is my prediction um mostly because like the email in me like is you know let elvis start in the place where kivy had his first nhl win like i don't know part of me likes that a lot um that's a storyline i'm um, gonna cry again sorry sorry um get just an eight nothing win against the new york rangers that would be that would be something um so what I miss when I got my pizza girls. <laughs> oh, we just also talked about um, since Megan's a New Yorker, she has a, a built in hatred towards New Jersey. As you should. So, um, you know, which is fine because we also, and I, of course, talked about my arch nemesis, Dougie Hamilton, who. Your best friend, Dougie <laughs> Hamilton. I will also hope does not have a great game. He can have an okay one, but as long as we still win. Fair understood so but i mean i feel kind of and looking at new jersey's record they're three and two i do believe they play again before they play us mm -hmm. um but you know it's a spooky scary skeletons halloween game so and if <laughs> megan i know you don't super do i should have sent it to you but there's like pictures coming out of the blue jackets halloween party that they had last night and Elvis as a scary clown is just very adorable. Like worth me re-downloading social media. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Also, um, Boone was Austin Powers. Ah, uh, God. <laughs> I love Powers. He was Austin Powers and his girlfriend was one of the like female characters from those movies. Although younger people who aren't familiar with Austin Powers thought he was an elf on the shelf. Oh? Because that's <laughs> what his suit looked like. <laughs> I have to say, I had a conversation today at my workplace about Fat Bastard. 
Um, <laughs> and so and what the, an incredibly problematic character he is. <laughs> yeah, that was literally the basis of the conversation. Um, and just the full circleness of of talking about Austin Powers on this podcast um, really is the icing on the cake um, for me. Yeah, I think I think that that's a, a good place to link. <laughs> that yeah. would come full circle with Boone Jenner's Halloween costume. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, friends, before we wrap this one up, have y'all got anything else on your radar going into the weekend as as Blue Jackets aficionados, the ones that you are? Uh, mine's not necessarily Blue Jackets related, but I'm going to toot my horn for you because... You are heading down. Well, I'm heading down too, but like I'm not nearly as important to this situation as you are. But um, Jeremy is covering the home opener for the Cincinnati Cyclones um, this weekend. And it's such an incredibly cool opportunity. Um, they are an EHL team. ECHL, yep. ECHL team. Um, they also have the only black coach in all of the leagues currently um so this is a very big deal and jeremy was asked by his side gig uh field pass hockey to cover this game and it's very exciting he's gonna get to do his first like press passy situation and i know that he's nervous but i know that he's gonna do a great job terrified but it's gonna be great i'm, I'm really looking forward to it um uh, Jason Payne, who is the head coach, was had a spot on NHL Network <laughs> like last night as I was watching, um, you know, following along with the Chicago stuff. And I was like, oh, shit, it's real. Like, I actually have to go talk to him on Saturday. So, yeah, I'm really excited. I still don't have a place to stay, but I'm very excited. Um, that's on my list of things to do tomorrow. So get excited. You're so cool, Jeremy. You are so nice because I'm really not all that cool, but I do appreciate you. And I appreciate cool (laughs) and i do appreciate everybody who like uh gives me the opportunity to to do this because sometimes the nine to five eight to five eight to eleven p.m um is a lot and so it's nice to have an outlet like hockey to to use to fill my cup um and i'm grateful for the people who let me do it whether that's you two or the folks at field pass hockey or, or whatever else. So um, thank you friends. I appreciate that. Um, But uh, cat, there's a cat. There's a cat. We made it an hour and five minutes. Sans cat appearance. Hi Java. (laughs) Java just wanted, she was like, I heard that someone was being called really cool. And like, that's only me in this house. Yeah. So I had to take exception. I totally understand. But uh, I'm interested to know what Java's looking forward to for the upcoming weekends. Java? (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) I think Java just gave you the finger with her tail. Oh, Java. (laughs) Well, you know, she... Java is... Uh, Java is Megan's roommate's cat. <laughs> Just so everyone. She's a very like fall looking cat, you know. Um, so she's embracing the season. Uh, she's probably looking forward to tormenting this weekend, just like normal normal plans. Uh, we'll see if Halloween really brings out the inner demon in her, but it's usually out anyway. So. 
See, I'm thinking her running her tail across the screen means that she's really looking forward to the back end of the weekend. She literally just came in here, did that, and she's she left again. Like that was that was her goal. That was her she said goal. What, she said what she needed to say. It was her moment. She took advantage of it. She was the moment. And now the moment's passed. And now it is the moment. This is supposed to be my moment on the podcast, you it know? Still is. Not Java's it's... moment. Java. All right, everybody. This today's episode is brought to you by Java. Um, so speaking of the moment, Laura, the moment of the show has come for you to tell all of the lovely folks where they can find us. Absolutely. Um, if you're not already, you can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at subjectively pod. You can follow us on Facebook at subjectively speaking. If you want to check out our super cute website, um, it is subjectively speaking.com. If you're looking for some new threads and saw the super adorable picture of Megan that I posted on our social media uh, earlier this week, uh, and you want to just support us in general, you can check out our merch store. It is subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com. We have lots of cute designs, lots of cute options, lots of warm weather, or not warm weather, cold weather items um, that you can wear to games or out and about as winter is quickly approaching. And then, as always, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on. Again, we do not know why they matter, but they do. So if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please scroll on down and give us those five-star ratings. They help us move up in the hockey podcast charts as well as have more people see us when they are looking for hockey content. Um, and again... All of your love and support is greatly appreciated. And Megan, thank you so much for being on the show. This will not be the last time that we have you on. Um, I know it's been kind of a long time coming, but we were so happy that you could be um, on the episode with us today. I loved it. I love my new nickname of Madam That Bitch. I hope that you refer to me as that in future podcast episodes. Um, but yeah, it was very fun. I look forward to returning. I cannot wait to put this on the episode description. Co-hosted by Jeremy Paul, Laura Norman, guest starring Madame That Bitch. Well, friends, I hope your week is just as powerful as the name Madame That Bitch. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I hope you enjoy some Blue Jackets hockey, and hopefully we'll have some wins to talk to you about on Monday. But until then, be kind. Take care of one another and we'll look forward to we'll look forward to Monday. Bye.